You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome, everyone, to Benzinga's Free Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel O'Connor, Dennis Dick with you this morning. Uh, we got a lot going on here, a lot going on, a lot to discuss. We're going to discuss the aftermath of SNL. We had a cyber attack. We got medals going to the moon this morning, so a lot to get to on today's show our guests, as they are every Monday, Tim Quast will join us to discuss some market structure. He is, of course, the founder of Market Structure Edge. And Matt Hammond from IPO Warriors will preview the week and recap last week's action in IPO land. That'll be at 9 o'clock. Today's show also sponsored by Market Structure Edge by the new way to trade for free. MarketStructureEdge.com. The link is up on the screen. Check it out there. Joel, not sure what he's doing in the background there. Making but, coffee or something. Coffee. No, no, just uh, getting organized. Uh, good right. morning. Good morning. Good morning, traders and investors. Uh, welcome to another week here in the markets. Starting the day in the green here, up three and three quarters handles, 42.29. Uh, because we can't see your charm. Uh, just running around like a chicken with my oh, head you cut sound off. rough. You had a rough weekend or what? I, I think he might be on his a His voice is hoarse. He might be on a different uh, mic or maybe the Tube Festival. Oh, was, it's his was, voice. He's all cracked. He's, he sounds like he's got like... Like he was yelling all weekend. Were you yeah, yelling was, at your screen all weekend? Yeah, yelling and screaming, ranting and raving about what the happened? derby. No, uh, no, it's just a uh, combo cold allergies here getting oh, the best of me here. And, uh, yep, uh, but we'll get through. We'll get through the hay fever season, just like we'll get through this show. Uh, Sixty-two cents. That's how much we're up in crude. Thought it would be up more with the hack. Uh, we're up at sixty-five fifty, bouncing around pretty good. Uh, gold making its move towards eighteen fifty. That's up nine dollars and eighty cents at eighteen forty-one ten. Silver playing catch up. 
That's up 42 cents at 27.90, which is good. And uh, Bitcoin, it's had a pretty good range. It's up $390 at 58,150. Those are the futures. Uh, Triple D, it's just kind of just kind of like a manic Monday, isn't it? We got a, a lot of different things going on. Some stuff in the red, some stuff. I'm seeing a lot of red. It's all I'm over seeing the place. some green. Yeah. What do you got? What do you, you and, not and keep- it's random walk market here this morning. You have some stocks up, some stocks down. I got the Q's down about half a percent. Well, they've come up a little bit from the lows of buck twenty-five. The Qs are down. I got IWM trading down as well, which is usually you see those two and go opposite direction. Not today. And then you got SPY trading higher. I'm struggling to find stocks. So I look at the IWM here trading down half a percent, and I see oil ripping, and I see the banks are trading higher, and I see a lot of smaller stocks actually trading higher. And I'm like, why is IWM trading down a buck? But, you know, this is the market. I guess there's some stocks making up for it somewhere. But the majority of the stocks that I'm looking at on my screen, if you're not looking at, you know, and there obviously is some Apple and then there's some of the major techs. Google got a downgrade today. There is some red in tech land. But when you move out of tech land, it's mostly green. So I'm actually surprised the IWM is down this much. Yeah, we did uh, get some analyst moves in Facebook and Google. Not something you see a lot. I mean, you get a lot of coverage of Apple. You get some coverage of these other big stocks, but uh, not, not, not downgrades that. on those two stocks. No, wow, downgrade. I mean, why, what do we want to cover those? Do yeah, for sure. I Let's think go. so. Let's go. Let's go, I, Spencer. Give I, us. Uh, I, do you have the information on those? Yeah, it's just a downgrade this morning to neutral from Citigroup. Uh, and just to give some context, and I'll, I'll share my screen in a second here. I just wanted to look up the last time we got a downgrade in, yeah. Facebook, in Facebook or Google. Uh, Long Facebook, time. Facebook, the last downgrade. Actually, no. Uh, Wedbush went to neutral in mid-April on Facebook. And the last downgrade I have for Google, and you know, here, let me bring up my screen so you can see what I'm looking at. Uh, it, it, it's been a while on Alphabet, I'll tell you that. Uh, uh, the last downgrade I'm seeing, th- this is for Facebook and Google here. Last downgrade I'm seeing for Goog, got to go all the way back to, oh my God, they're all at buys. Um, it's, been, it's been a while. This is uh, January. I'm telling you a long time. It's been a, it's been. A, <laughs> Look at that. Let's go just Google. Let's just, just Google here. This is uh, sort of by, sort of by date. Um. Yeah, it's been. Analysts aren't biased at all, eh? Uh, yeah. There we go. Uh, oh, 2019, is that right? For that wow. Murphy. I don't see any downgrades since then. I don't remember talking at Google downgrade in a long time. Yes, I'm still long my Google. I have not sold any shares of it whatsoever. I know it's pulled back, but I still think it's growth at a reasonable price. And I don't think Google's going away. It remains one of the biggest positions in my long-term portfolio. No, I am not selling it today because it is downgraded. Um, they've had a run, though. So I guess the analyst is saying, you know, it's been a nice run. April's 2000. It's 2400. It's been a pretty good run. I mean, a lot of things have run. So if you're not in high growth, you know, names, the stocks have been going up. So I, I don't know. I guess it's just a valuation call. Is that what it is? Uh, it's actually a call on the tremendous growth in uh, digital advertising and the tough comps, the tough comparables ahead, basically, because the past year was so good that they're saying, well, growth will slow. Let's do Facebook with it because these two stocks tend to track each other to a certain extent as well. If you put those charts on top of each other, they do look close. 
Um, Facebook also getting a downgrade. Is this a similar call? It's the same call. It's the exact same call. The same note. It's a, yeah. It's part of the same note and part yeah. of the same call. Okay. Who was the analyst downgrading? It? Uh, Citigroup. I don't know the analyst name. Okay, that's fine. I don't know. I'll just yeah. I mean, the uh, Google chart looks a little better than the Facebook chart. Um, just looking at the Googs here, the Goog without the L. Uh, I'd say twenty three forty five. I don't. It doesn't even look like we're going to get anywhere near that today. But uh, the, your two and three day lows splits that, so we'll keep an eye. I, don't, I mean, we're only we're only trading seven bucks below the low from Friday, so maybe that's resistance on the upside. I just keep an eye on twenty four hundred. Nothing really special there. All time closing highs above that. So I don't know. Let it shake out 2350, 2400. Trade there a couple days this week and then continue the uptrend. Already did, as opposed to Facebook, it's already filled its earnings gap. And uh, I'd be a little bit more concerned if I was a, a Facebook shareholder today. Uh, the all time high was made on that day, on that earnings day. You had to own it, you had to be in the stock. It's come down since then. I think for this, I'd just be looking for a gap fill eventually here uh, from that earnings day. So I'll call 311, uh, 311 support, and then, you know, minor resistance at uh, the close from Friday. That's the first point you'd be looking at, 319.08 on a rally. Well, we're down here. So 313 is critical. That's the level. That's the double bottom. How come? Three of the four. Well, three of the last. Oh, yeah, you're right. Good job. So I'm just saying that 313 is critical, I think. Um, If it takes that out, then you could start thinking, well, maybe this is going to see 300 again. So 313, as long as that holds, bulls in control, lose 313, gets a little bit ugly. Remember, always Gil Morales undercut and rally trick too, where I go down to 312 and then you get a close back of about 314. It's actually sometimes the better buy is to wait for it to undercut and then comes back up over it and then you catch a few people shorting it and then you could actually like higher. So... Um, I like those setups better, but this is, you know, just such a difficult market to trade. Technically, this is a difficult market to trade, period. Short term scalps are working pretty well. Um, day trading is going pretty well. But, you know, the swing trading, like I said, has been very difficult because there hasn't been a lot of follow through unless you're in those commodities that just are relentlessly higher. I mean, Nucor breaking out over $100 today. It goes up every single oh, day. Oh, over 100 Good job. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, and remember, NUE buyers at 101. There is some size at 100 in the book. Um, I didn't look this morning, but it has been there. So it could potentially hold the open down a little bit. But commodity prices just continue to rip. I mean, the reason for this is uh, the inflation of real assets. And we've been talking about inflationary pressures. And right now, they're grabbing anything that's real. Um, you know, that's why the high growth has been left out of the rally, but they are grabbing real assets besides crypto, which is in its own world. But and they are just inflating the prices of everything. So well, I'm not surprised that gold and silver started to show some life here, too. Finally, yeah. Finally, you know what? And how are you going to keep them down? I mean, you've got, you know, oil is consolidating, looking like it wants to break out again. Well, if it's something tangible and real like steel, lumber, corn, wheat commodities this is just inflation and we have significant inflation don't let the fed fool you there it is all around you everywhere gas prices going up at the pumps i mean this is you know basically everything you consume on a regular basis is getting inflated right now so it's concerning and investors are looking at that and saying i want an inflation hedge i want to be long real things and that's why you continue to see money flow into commodities 
And if you look, the Canadian dollar is super strong for the simple reason that commodity-based currency. So I don't know. I They are all overbought. There is going to be a wicked pullback in all of that stuff eventually. Uh, but I think that pullback, again, what I've been doing is buying dips on value, selling rips on growth. That has been working like a oh, charm, boy, that growth, charm yeah. for a month. And I don't see that changing. I think if you get a significant pullback, I mean, the banks... And I didn't buy any banks that should have, but you know they got a little pullback there last week. They turn around and just start ripping again. So and obviously they got the pullback there uh, even even on Friday yeah. with uh, with the jobs number being a little bit soft. And they're like, okay, well maybe interest rates aren't going up anytime soon. And they hit the banks. The banks all open at the lows, and they turned around. And they just bought them all. And the tech stocks, a lot of them all open near the highs. And then they turned around and just started hitting it too. I mean, you could see it not so much in the queues. There's some there's some value tech in there. But in some of the little growth names, those were another selling opportunity again. So the trend continues to be your friend. It's buying value and selling growth. I don't know what turns that whole thing around, but man, that is a wicked trend. And Spencer, you were saying you saw a chart on the weekend that the gap that I've been talking about has actually started to close fairly significantly. I actually misread that chart that I but well, so it hasn't closed. no, no. The, the gap between growth and value has closed dramatically. W- what I thought it said was that the gap between um, – I-, I thought it was saying that value has, has come in a little bit and growth has come back just, like just a smidge. But in reality, what Not it was really. was um, – no, uh, uh, no. It, the, the gap here I'll, – I'll show you the chart that I saw. The, va- the values continued to go up. And right, right, it, it, right. If anything, the values continued to go up. It, it makes sense when you think about inflationary yeah. pressures, though. This, this is where – It's a chart from um, from Bloomberg here, and it, it's, it's measuring uh, – here. It's measuring ARC. Uh, one of the ARC indexes, ARKK, against the value index. And you can, it goes back to 2017 there. So you can see white is value, green is ARC. AKA That's growth. unbelievable how quickly. Yeah. You know, like look at 2021, and it was basically the opposite where ARC, everybody, and the, when we were entering 2021, everybody had to own everything growth. Yeah. It was all the sexy growth names. It was the only thing that any ET, new ETFs were coming out. They're all sexy growth names. Yeah. And value was just thrown into the gutter. And the 2021 has been the exact opposite trade. Exact opposite. Mm-hmm. If you've had value, you have these old these stocks that were underperforming for years, you're loving 2021. You're like, finally, you know, like the Karen Feinermans of the world who are big-time value investors, Warren Buffett of the world. Um, even me, to a certain extent, although I've kind of got the more barbell approach, which maybe if you're if, if you're a pessimist, it never seems to work out because you can always say I always got something going down. If you're an optimist, it's always working up because there's always something going up. But um, you know that that chart in itself just tells the story of 2021. But it's been a value-oriented market, and growth has been completely out of favor. Well, before we get too far away from it, uh, you, you you talked about the metals and you talked about oil and. Obviously, there's news on both over the weekend. Um, well, let's start with oil here. Um, I guess on the spectrum of cyber attacks, like this could have been worse. But um, the Colonial Pipeline, which which uh, supplies a, a little under half of all of the um, diesel, gasoline, etc., for like the Eastern Seaboard, no big deal. Uh, it's no big deal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is is sh- still shut down. No big deal. Uh, it's still shut down uh, as far as uh, latest news that I saw after a cyber attack over the weekend. Um, I'm I've seen a couple of things as far as uh, 
articles saying who may who may be who's claiming responsibility, whether it's Russia or it's just a group or or whatever. But the point is that they shut down the pipeline. Uh, said it was more of an informational breach, not like a uh, like a true systems breach. It was a a, a ransomware attack, and they stole they just stole some data. Well, I said just. I said just they, they they stole some data and didn't actually like influence the the uh, the, the inner workings of the systems. Um, so the pipeline shut down for now. If you're wondering why SHLX is down, they've got a stake. Uh, they're one of the owners of this pipeline, and um, Fire Eyes up because they're investigating the, the, this hack. So you got Fire. It's Eyes. just this fairy tale market. I mean, it, so what? Rent, you know, hack half of the supply of the East Coast. Ah, no big deal. Oh, that's what it will. It will shrug it off. Yeah. Um, and you're right, Joel. This is a fairy tale market. It's a good name for this market. Um, it's just living. And and but you know what? To a certain extent, some of the fairy tales. It's a tale of two markets, really. It's not such a fairy tale market anymore. It was in, in January 2021 when everything started to rally. Uh, but you know, there's obviously been a lot of you know uh, growth investors that have been hit pretty hard here. So the fairy tale has just kind of changed. The story of the fairy tale has changed. But you know, you, you see a pullback here in some commodity names like or, or SHLX, and you think, okay, well, it's not even significant. I mean, here they're part of this, and it's down twenty cents, Spencer. I mean, so I don't know if it was off more earlier, but it was. It, 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 it appears yeah. that investors are completely shrugging this off. Really? Well, I, I said on, on the spectrum of cyber incidents. Yeah. Um. This one maybe is not the biggest, but that's it's not nothing either. It's it's not to say we should shrug it off. I I was looking at the cyber uh, at the um, what what do you call it? cyber stocks? Yeah. The, like cyber UFO, Palo Alto, hack. yeah, the hack stocks, yeah, UFO. cyber attacks, hack stocks, um, PANW. Yeah. They've all come off. I mean, I have these on my watch list now. Like Fire Eyes come off substantially. CyberArk, I sold that at one sixty. It's back to 120. I originally bought it at 110. So I went from 110 to 160. And it actually, two days ago, almost got there 113. It's like, maybe I should reload wow. that one. I think you get down near 100 bucks on CYBR. It gets interesting here. And I know some of these are going the opposite way today. But they're not having a significant rally. I mean, yeah, CyberX up 70 cents. So I don't know if this is the kickstart for them. But cyber attacks are not going away. So, you know, if you want to talk, you know, names that maybe have been beat up and maybe, you know, there's some value here at some point in time. Fire Eye, if it got down in the mid-teens again, I don't at 1920, it's still a little bit inflated, but back at 15 was pretty good. I mean, that that's the one thing about, you know, the growth names and even the Kathy Wood names is they're all bloody oversold. So, and yes, I give Kathy a lot of heat, um, but I'll tell you, you know, her names are all oversold. And what that means is they're due for a bounce. Um, so you know, even look at ARKK, and we can take this conversation over there. It bounced right where it should have bounced, Joel. Um, if you look, it bounced right at the March lows. So last week we, we had a, a little bit undercut, but we held holding on. So Kathy, yeah, right there. yeah, it's right there. So if you're long our ARKK, it bounced at the level you want to see it bounce. So I, I give her some love here this morning and just say that I think the rotation eventually, some of it will come off. It's been a, such a wicked rally that the value names are so overbought now. Like if you're coming in, and I've been saying this the last couple of days now, if you're coming in and now buying value and now selling growth, you are so late to the party. <laughs> I mean, you're doing it completely backwards. So I am looking at some of the growth names now. You've got to be selective 
But, you know, some of the growth names that were ridiculously priced have come down and are more reasonably priced now. So you got to kind of be selective. Like a pen gaming I talked about last week. It's oh, been hit boy. pretty hard from 140 down to 80. They still got Barstool Sports. They still have casinos opening. They still have online gaming. They have a lot of good stuff going on. Valuations, yes, still a little bit extreme. Even DraftKings. Oh, did come you off see that? Did you see that off the report? Yeah. It's, that come, had a... it's been hammered. Hammered from $75 to 48 bucks, 47 this morning, Joel. So you start getting down Jeez, to the low 40s. I'm writing these down. DraftKings and Penn. You know what? I think eventually if we stay in a market where it doesn't all just start crashing and burning, which I, it doesn't appear to be going to do, Spy keeps rotating higher, eventually the rotation will go back into growth to keep us up. So all it is is rotation. That spy just well, profit taking up. in the value. Yeah, you'll get profit taking in some of the commodity stocks, and then you'll get all of a sudden you'll start to get some, you know, uh, a, a spike up maybe in some of those growth names. So here I am this morning. I'm going to say that some of these growth names are starting to get to a point where it's they start to look more attractive. They were they were crazy, you know. When when Penn went to 140, it just got way overdone. Getting added to the S and P, yeah, that way was overdone. It. It's come off. It's down 40% almost from those highs. It's huge. So so there is, and this is a good name. I, I love Portnoy, you know. He's funny. Barstool Sports. We love Barstool Sports. So you're getting a chance now that looks pretty good. I kind of like the 80 levels. So you know what? On Penn, 80, 15, too. Maybe that you was don't go all in. Alone. Yeah, maybe you don't go all in. But maybe you start nibbling here. And if you get hit, I mean, it depends on what your portfolio looks like. If you're loaded up with growth names, you don't want to be all loaded up in the same type of name. I don't have hardly any growth. Whatever growth I had became a lot less portion of my portfolio because they went down 30 40%. I have some stocks that are down 30 40%. Fisker, um, which uh, obviously you oh, know, I reloaded at 15, has been a complete dog. I still think Fisker's good long-term. you got a long-time horizon, I think Fisker. But they're not making cars till the end of 2022. So you got to go a year and a half without revenue yet. And they hate companies that don't have revenue. So this is not, you know, in favor whatsoever. I like Penn. I'm eventually going to start liking DraftKings, I think, if it gets down to the lower 40s. Just nibbling. Just adding some wanna, growth in there I because wanna... value has exploded. Growth <clears throat> has been hit. I think that gap that has been crazy closing could start to stretch out a little bit again because it's just closed too much too fast. I got a good, I just got a good feeling or a good take on this uh, ARKK chart, just the way it's setting up. Dennis, you mentioned, you know, matching that March low. So it stopped where you wanted it to stop, right? 105.68, Thursday's low. Your low here, uh, 106 and a quarter. So 106, that's your major level. And then I look on the upside here and I see a pair of highs right at 115. So if you want to get on the bandwagon when this thing is actually going up, that's a pair of highs. That is very interesting to me. What I'm worried about is that now you're, you know, you hung out at the low here. You got away in one day. Here, it took four days to get away, but it got away. So here you are again. If you can hang in here a couple days and not, you know, get into like 107 and a half, 108, where you don't have, an, you know, very far to take it out. So that's important. I think you got a couple big days for Kathy and uh, the, at least this ETF. I like the setups. I like leaning on the low. And then I think yeah. you get above 115 here. 
then things open up for meaningful re retracement of this big move. Uh, Spencer, you, you gave us some news you put in the doc about Archigos. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And Kathy. Yeah, Kathy mentioned this. Uh, she was on with CNBC on Friday afternoon, and this this came out that uh, Archigo seeded Archigos. I didn't know that either. I don't know if anybody knew that. No one knew that. Kind of. Whoa. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, surprise the market there. Not a big deal. It's just surprising, you know. Like you can see how well it's, it's not a big deal when that like you know vary like the Twitter jumped all over it and they're they spent the weekend connecting the dots, right? You get like Archegos, right. Arc, you get gamma squeezes, you get short squeezes, you get SoftBank. It's all connected. The fun story. It's all connected somehow, right? The fun story to try to like you know put pieces of the puzzle together. That's what you know media wants to do is have a fun story to put pieces wow. of the puzzle together. And here they just all of a sudden just link two separate stories together. Yeah. So I'm sure you know the mass media is trying to put all those pieces of the puzzle together. But what is, give me another Kathy uh, ETF here. ARK ARKQ ARKW is what I ARKW. They're all holding at the March lows. That's good news, folks. That is good news. You know, I've been hating on Kathy for a while here. I'd go neutral Kathy right now. Maybe not necessarily. And and maybe you can, you can try. You, you can try anything, and you got a level. So, I mean, some of my best trades have been like, well, we'll give it a shot here because, you know what? It bounced at the lows. ARKW, oh, almost a perfect bounce. 132.70, the low in March. 132.46, <laughs> the low on Thursday. It had a nice bounce, and you're pulling wow. back in this morning, a little bit of growth names. You have a level to lean on. You could literally put this on and stop yourself out for five bucks. And, you know, if growth turns around, you can laugh all the way to the bank. If growth still gets hit, well, you take your five. You take a small hit. Yep. You take a small hit and you move on. I've already tried growth once. I might try a few <laughs> growth names. I might try a few growth names on t this morning's pullback because growth is pulling back here again this morning. Um, if it takes them out, it takes them out. But, you know, it's hard It's hard because you're fighting the trend, right? So these are always harder trades. And you do lose on these more often than you're going to win. Um, you know, there's a lot of trend traders. You know, Christian Fromhurst, one of the best ones. It's easier to buy the dip on value than it is to buy the dip on growth. But sometimes you can take a shot. So this is a tougher trade, though, because you are fighting the trend. You are fighting that significant downtrend here. So in all likelihood, there's going to probably be more sellers that are going to come in and eventually take out those lows. But Right now, the risk-reward isn't bad at this point because you have a low that you can lean on. When they're just free-falling, I don't like doing that. But we, we, the re only reason I kind of like the ARC trades right now is that they bounced at the March lows on Thursday. Yeah, and March too. Held up. Yep, that was March in this one. This went down to the March low. And they're uh, so oversold. Yeah, but also, Dennis, I mean, but... You know, you're you're totally discount, and you're not totally discounting. But I mean, this thing, the move from forty to like what what was this one eighty five or one ninety one? I mean, you're you're just it's saying over, that way yeah, yeah. So when you look at that bottom right chart, you're like, holy <laughs> mackerel, this could get ugly, and it could. You gotta stop yourself, okay, up, folks. Good. Don't right. get yourself stuck. Don't say, okay, I'm going to buy it at 136 because I think we could bounce here. And then it goes 132, and you're like, well, I don't want to lose the six bucks and get stuck holding it because then you're going to become a bag holder. And don't kid yourself. There's still a lot of fluff lot of room in this, there. like Joel's yep. pointing out. A lot of fluff. We went from 40, and maybe you got to kind of you – know, one thing on the charts is people want to look at where the stocks were in March of 2020. Average. You almost, at this point in time, have to eliminate those prices from your train of thought. 
Where were they before COVID started? Because it looks like we're coming out of COVID and there was complete mispricings of everything. Nobody knew what was happening there. We didn't know we were going zombie apocalypse. We didn't know if the death rate was going to start climbing. We didn't know if we we're going to lose millions of people in the US. We didn't know any of that. And they were just selling first and asking questions later. I mean, stocks like Wendy's trade down like three bucks. Wendy's actually turned out almost benefited from the pandemic. You know, we were selling Teladoc, T-O-T-D-O-C, you know, even on the initial, if you look back to March, even initially, it started to, started getting hit. Bad example. But there was some stocks that actually turned out to benefit from it that were actually getting hit. Take two was one. Take two initially started getting hit on uh, in March of 2020. And then they're like, oh, no, wait, this benefits from it. It took like a couple of weeks for people to figure it out. It was a whole new animal. People didn't know, you know, what to think of anything. So I'm just saying, if you're looking at, you know, where a stock has been from, somebody's pointing out, well, Penn Gaming was $3 in March. Well, really, should it have ever been there? Probably not. You know, we weren't going, you know, we thought, you know, there was going to be companies that go bankrupt. We didn't know the government was going to come out and bail every single thing out. Not that Penn needed a bailout, but, you know, with the stimulus, with the stimulus money, with everything else, there was very few bankruptcies in 2020 well, overall. What, what you're saying is use February 2020 as a book. Yeah, I'd say use that more as a gauge of where it's come yeah. from. Like to say from Penn came from three, Penn really came from like 20 to 30. Yeah. And now you've got Portnoy's influence has really, you know, kicked it up since then. So is it worth more than $30? I think so. They had a fair Black value bar, before yeah. Portnoy at 30 to 40. So what's Portnoy worth? He's worth a lot. He's a major influencer. He's out there. I mean, Barstool Sports, it's funny stuff. All the people they have there. Um, I think it's worth some money. That's why I don't mind Penn at 80. Hey, um, um, would I love it at 60? I'd back up the truck at 60. That's where I originally bought. I originally bought 60. Oh, look at the monthly. And I sold loads, it at 105 yeah. or 110 or something on the way that, out because it was beautiful. a double. Yeah. It was it was double for me. Um, I got away soon. I was was I ticked off when I went to 140? Sure, because you know, but you never get the whole thing. But I got a good chunk of that move. It pulls back to 60 and lets me reload at my original price. I think I do it. I think yeah, I back up that... the truck all day. I'm a little early. Am I early at 80? I might be, but maybe I want to nibble. Maybe I want to take a shot, you know? So there, you don't have to go all in, you know? And that's something that a guest was saying last week. You don't have to enter. It was Sean that was saying that. You don't have to enter all at once. Kathy Wood does not enter all at once. She enters, like like Sean was saying, 500 times. She buys every day for months. So maybe not 500 might be an exaggeration, but she might buy something 20, 30, 40 times. So you want a little bit of pen? Maybe you pull the Kramer and you say, I'm going to put 25% of my money in it now. If it goes up, I'm participating. If it pulls back down, I'm going to add a little bit more. I can't, so. can, I, can I interrupt this stream of consciousness? for mm-hmm. breaking, Stream of consciousness. You're breaking news on a TTD here. The, the trade is already over, but uh, now it's reversing. Uh, 10 for 1 split. TTD just announced it. Okay. They're doing a stock split it's going down? It, well, it, it, yeah, it popped. It popped over 700, Dennis. It popped to Holy. seven twelve and a quarter. Holy! Yeah, that I all mean, just happened while I was ranting. Yes, that all just happened. Yes. While ranting. <laughs> they announced a ten for one stock split, which the market seems to love, and it pops fifty bucks on the news algos. There's your 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 algo that just continues to lose money. I don't know if who's <laughs> running it, but man, they do it bad. And now it's just tanking. Why is it tanking? It's now down twenty. It just lost. So the news algo that just bought in, it up at 700 is puking it out. Why did it go up in the first place is, is, is another question. Well, they like those, but now it's really down 30 bucks. Why right? is my question? Why? Now, now you're down 35. Seven, eight, 627. 40. 627, it's five just, days low. 627. What, what's the low, Joel? 
Friday's low was six twenty-seven. Six hundred bucks. This thing yeah. is anywhere. You just dropped forty. You just dropped sixty bucks, eighty bucks in a matter Woo. of a minute or two. So I this thing high. gets anywhere. Near, so you're gonna. I don't think it's gonna continue to fall here. So I call it live on the show here right now. I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna see some buyers in the lower six hundreds here. I don't think this continues to go down. Yeah, it hasn't taken out five. It's uh, it stopped. It looks like it stopped trading here for a second. It's you- wide. It's it's twelve points wide right now. Trading odd lots in the middle. Uh, there's twenty eight seventy five. Anyways, you're getting a look at. Uh, if I mean that's a big split too. Ten for uh, one. Six twenty was uh, whoever just bought six twenty. I think is going to make some money on it. Yeah, six twenty. Well, maybe not. Six thirty is going to some offers there. Oh, look at this person coming. Six fifteen. Look at that offer. This is really God. interesting to watch. Six hundred bucks. Six hundred bucks. I'm five ninety two bid. We're we're trying to call. We and obviously it's just opinions. We just have opinions here, but this just got way oversold. Now it just went from silly buys. To silly sales, in my opinion, but you know, I don't know. We're, we're breaking news. Maybe there's some other headline. Did they say anything else? Uh, not that I saw. Just a ten for one stock split, and all of a sudden we decide those stock oh, splits oh, are bad. My bad. my bad. Well, there was earnings. Am I mistaken? Oh, that was oh Spencer. Come on. I oh, it's Spencer. 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 I didn't have. All right, me and Monday. Joel pull everything we just set off because we were told it was just a ten for one stock split. They missed huge on earnings. Oh, Forty-five geez. cents versus seventy-seven estimate. Mitch, where are you? Come holy, on in, Mitch. Holy Relief. Spencer. Mitch is coming in for me. I'm looking at 10 screens at once. Spencer I brought the, the pro up house. myself. The pro has it there. Pro, the pro did have it, and I was now looking at it. That's a big difference. Okay, 10 for 1's awesome. You notice how they hit the they hit the tape with the 10 for 1 first before they showed the crappy <laughs> yeah. earnings. Yeah. That was dirty. They wanted to, yeah, it was, that dirty. was let's, dirty. Let's pop this a little bit before, so then when they hammer you us on the our crappy earnings. You give the bad news first. You give the bad news first. Okay, the technical still hold. 591 was the low, <laughs> the double bottom. Let's see what it does if it does that there. But I thought I couldn't understand why I was tanking on 10 for one stock. Right, big pumped. earnings, miss. That's You're a big fine. story. They did give guidance as well, and the guidance is not great. They see Q2 sales 259 to 262 versus 253 estimate. See, that is not see, growth this, numbers that, for a growth stock. This doesn't so, make sense. Like, how, how can Facebook and Google come out and say, oh my God, we made so much money? On digital advertising, advertising and they're not. I don't know. Treatest is, is in the same business. How could this have been so bad for them? That's what the market's saying. That's we, why they're hammering it down here now. I, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. And thank you, Mike Britton. They announced the split. The news of the split came out before the news of the earnings. The came. news of the split. They they were yeah. dirty on that. They hit oh, the tape. We look like we're going to test the five ninety one, Joel. I know, I know. I, but that's I mean, a that's a big earnings miss for a growth stock. One, the growth stocks can't miss earnings. So, um, you know, well, let's see if it bounces at five ninety one. But it's scary to buy these things when you have a growth name, and geez. they're probably going to talk about it on CNBC in a minute. Miss that yeah, was going to be down. Yeah, then yeah. Will the ten for down. one stocks, but it's cool. That's what. So obviously, here's the management's thinking. In my opinion, is like, okay, we're we. We didn't do that great this quarter. What can we do to help our stock out? Let's do a 10 for one stock split. Well, that helped a little bit. It helped for about a minute. And then the real numbers came out. They're like, no. It actually like, these are not growth numbers for a growth stock. It actually helped for about 30 seconds, not even. Wow. I mean, stock's 45 cents on the quarter. I don't know if that's, you know, you're going to get a look at five into it or anything. But if you're making a couple bucks, let's say, let's just give it and say it makes, you know, three bucks a share for the year. Well, the well, the thing's trading. What is that? Three dollars is trading two hundred times earnings. Ooh. Is you know that what? right? 
they're gonna they're probably gonna adjust the stock split after this like like only do like a eight for one or seven for one well i don't know how much money and it's a growth name but if you're not growing that's when they hammer you man poof that's are not good numbers folks sorry i'm out on trade desk don't want it not at those numbers all right. Even though even though you got a nice level of five ninety one, you still have the level. The That's level the is level. still there. If I was short, I would. I'd, I'd, I'd bring it in if I was short. Yeah, but yeah, from I'm not same. buying. I'm not buying on those dips now. I was saying when we just saw it was ten for stock, I was like, I'll buy this down at six hundred if it gets there. And then you see the bad earnings, like, oh no, no, thank you. So, uh, and they haven't even got well, they through screwed it that news algo, eh? Drop oh, the stock split time. first. The news algo buys it up, and then they hammer them with a bad earnings report. Was it scheduled though? It was scheduled. Yeah, yeah, it was scheduled. I so, didn't have it on. So you had know. to know that the earnings were coming too. It was on the schedule. It wasn't like out of the blue. So anytime you're trading earnings, it's crapshoot. Yeah. All right. It is 836. Let's bring on Tim Quast and do some market structure Monday. Tim Quast, founder and CEO of Market Structure Edge. How are we doing today? Three of my favorite faces. Good to see you guys. <laughs> We're always excited to see what, what are don't, this Don't time. get used to Spencer's. He never, this is Tim's thing, he never broadcasts from the same house. He owns like 100 houses, and he's just broadcast from all over everywhere. You never know where Tim Quast is. Where is he today? <laughs> no, he's in uh, Austin. And, uh, and as, as I've said before, if you want 100 houses, uh, use Market Structure Edge. And, uh, there you go. You too can have a hundred houses. I'm actually, I'm actually in Steamboat, and and I can see Mount Werner, uh, which is still laden in snow, uh, out the window here to my left. So uh, we're we're, but that's good. You know, we, we see snow on the mountains mid May. We know we have a green summer ahead. So that's what we we want to see. Is that the saying? Yes. Yes. Snow on the mountains in mid May. Speaking speaking of of green, it's unfortunate. I caught the tail end of of that uh, TD, uh, TTD trade desk discussion. Wow! wow. Yeah. It was. Uh, it, it, there it is. Five ninety two. We're at that level. Well, and it's you know there's a there's a little there's always a market structure lesson. You know TTD was before this decision and had they asked me i would have advised and we do i get asked all the time by public companies should we do a, a stock split so ttd was in the top 20 most liquid stocks in the u.s stock market uh and it and it actually has had as you know dennis fairly good trading characteristics it's being affected by the the shrinking demand for equities that's occurring right now and we can talk about that if you like uh, but when it's an important concept traders we use that dollars per trade uh metric on uh, the edge platform and we tell public com- we use it for public companies to help them understand well are you if volume and liquidity are not the same thing liquidity is how much of something i can buy before the price changes why does that matter because if the price changes on you uh, you may miss the entire gain you were hoping to secure by buying the stock. And so TTD used to trade uh, before the split at, uh, call it 20, 20 to $25,000 a trade, thereabouts. Very, very good liquidity. Uh, and uh, this will do damage to them. I'd, I'd like to know who advised them to do a stock split. It's not the thing to do on, in a Reagan MS market. Well, it's the earnings here, Tim. They just right. the, the the earnings were not good. I mean, if you just take it out and extrapolate, what do you have? And in the background, Spencer, do you have the earnings estimates for the year? 
I'm curious because I'm just trying to grab a multiple on this. But mm -hmm. when we just extrapolate the 42 cent quarter that they just had throughout a year, you can quickly see maybe they're going to make three, four bucks. I mean, if you even give them, let's say, just say, let's say hypothetically on the high end, they were going to make six. It's trading 100 times earnings, Tim. I right. mean, this is not the kind of stock that this market likes right now. And now you have an earnings myth for a high valuation, high PE name. Down 10% is not surprising in you know an environment where they're not buying high growth to begin with. And then when you yep. miss, they were hitting, <clears throat> you know, we've hit some growth names on good earnings. <clears throat> These are bad earnings. So exactly. And, and look once again, if if you want to see this through the uh and for the anybody who's new, we talk market structure here. And market structure is the behavior of money behind price and volume uh, volume in context of the rules that govern it. Uh, I always say price and volume are consequences. They're not metrics. If you're measuring price and volume, you're measuring something that is occur that is happening because of something else. And we want to know what the something else is behind it. So if we look at TTD, I'm going to share my screen. So by the way, if you guys are following along here, go to marketstructureedge.com uh, and you can do the same thing. You can, you know, just if you just want to follow along here, it's really simple to sign up. It doesn't cost you anything, no credit card. So I'm going to share the screen here. And here, this is the dashboard. It, and before I get to TTD, this is a fascinating thing. So all you have to know, if you've never seen this before, is we want to know what the trend lines are in market structure sentiment by any measure. I have a 75% short portfolio there. But look at all the lines. Everything should be up and to the right. An up and to the right kind of market, as with fundamentals or technicals, maybe you want to say, uh, is the kind of thing you want to buy. There's almost nothing that looks like that. Building materials are still still here, but they're also getting well to the, the uh, overbought, overbought range. Yeah, you know, here's where you want to buy. Right as it rises above five, short volume is very low. There's almost nothing. That's appealing. I was yeah, looking over the weekend. Scary. I couldn't find anything that looked good. I don't care what, you know, COVID-19, this portfolio may offer some opportunities in a few days. In fact, if I picked something, I would say Dexcom maybe is an appealing style. And I've not lost my train of thought about TTD. I just want to look at Dexcom, $15,000 a trade. That is a liquid stock. Uh, that, that's what you want. I mean, that's a low risk thing to trade. Uh, you still have to be nimble. But let's go now and look at TTD. Um, and, of course, it's going to show the old liquidity because this will reflect data as of Friday. Yeah, not the, with pre, the earnings. Pre-split. Pre, pre so there's our Benzinga. Even that, the trend lines don't look good. All right, so if we go look at TTD. Here's their – it's about $20,000 a trade. I was a little over. Oh, uh, but this is pre-split. TTD was 36 Sentiment falling. You want to buy sentiment rising over five. So that yeah. all right away tells us not good. You're Passive right, yeah. money is selling this uh, uh, and it's 47% short. That's not bad. But this they're going to destroy their liquidity. That This could drop them all the way to the bottom of the Russell 1000 from a liquidity standpoint. You've got to be about this level. Uh, Appian is at the very tail end of the most liquid thousand stocks in the market. And so why does that matter? Well, that's what the big money wants. If you're creating and redeeming ETF shares, you don't want something that trades 500 bucks a trade. You want something that trades 15, 20,000. Gotta be able to get in and out. Exactly. So if you look at, at TTD reflects, so here's, the, here's where you would buy it. So when it ticks above five, now you got a sentiment above five means more demand than supply. 
And so stocks tend to rise. It's not a perfect metric and it's been challenging. But then when sentiment reverts to five, this is where you want to leave. And notice that short volume is very high. Sentiment ticked up again. Uh, it did, never got back to 10. This would have been challenging. Even from a market structure standpoint, this would have been challenging uh, because you'd say, well, it ticked back over five. Isn't that a buy? Well, as, it's, as sentiment peaks, you have to get out. You take some losses on that. But you Tim, can, can I throw a quick question yes. in here? Yes. <clears throat> I, I like you know what you're talking about. We talk about a lot too is when yep. you know, a stock's going down, it's going down, it's going down. And, yep. and sometimes you're better off saying, hey, let show me. Like I was looking at, ARKK. Show me yep. you can hold yep. 115. Do right. you find, you know, with your uh, in your analysis, when the things do cross back over the threshold, that it does coincide with like a double top or some kind of technical level where the stock is coming up? You you miss the bottom, but mm -hmm. your bottom is you're out. Now it's showing strength. Have you? Do you notice any, you know, uh, uh, technicals that coincide with that? A double top, a triple top, or you know, breaking, uh, you know, descending lows or descending highs, anything like that? Uh, the I'm not an expert on technicals. You know, okay. I'm, a, I'm an expert on market structure. That's how I think. And, it, you know, my my okay. issue with with technicals is that it supposes that all prices are equal. And how I think about this is the prices set by, say, fast traders as opposed to. So here, for example, Microsoft. Uh, see this behavior right here? What I, you know, it's informational here. I, I will answer your question. We feed these behaviors into this measure called market structure sentiment. It says there is active stock picking, uh, which is about nine percent of trading volume. There is passive investment behavior. Let's call it twenty percent of market volume. There is fast trading, fifty-five percent of trading volume, and then trades tied to derivatives. Call it. 18%. Put all that together, close to 100%, I'm, you know, within range there. So if you have a double top on fast trading, that double top can come away from you like that. That's So if it's passive money, passive money tends to take five days to finish what it's doing. Are we moving money from materials over into consumer staples? Well, you can't do that in a day. But Citadel, because Citadel wants to end the day flat, can take 50% of market volume, boom, move it, and bam, be gone, just like that. So that's the difference, and that's the trouble. I can tell you what we observed from a market structure standpoint in all these tech names, like take PayPal, which had great results. Uh, we, we ran some data for PayPal uh, to help them understand what would happen when they reported results. They came off a very strong 10 out of 10 top. But then they could just barely get back to five. Remember, we just want to buy the rise over five. They did a nice job. We expected the stock would rise looking at the data, but it was primarily because of short covering. So if you were looking at this from a technical standpoint, how would you look at PayPal from a technical standpoint? I would look at it from a market structure standpoint and say, their money's leaving. And here, there's this, this is what troubles me. It's not showing up everywhere because energy, for instance, which has been the new tech trade, is 2.3% 2, 2 of market cap. So you'd look at energy and say, wow, the money is just pouring into energy. And then you come over to tech, 28% of the market by itself. And if you look at communication services and consumer discretionary, which is where a lot of the big techs are, and you, and you see, wow, they're weak, you would look at this and say, here is a warning for all of us. The great behemoth of tech, which drives the market, is seeing 
the gradual withdrawal of money. I think big institutional money is reducing its exposure to equities. Uh, I don't know how long that'll last, but that's where it's showing up. And this is very concerning to me. I'm not saying the market's about to fall apart. Well, here's another concerning thing too, Tim, is let's just think about all the money that is being dumped into crypto. And there's so many different, I mean, that has to come from somewhere. I mean, yes, you can say, okay, it's all Fed, it's all free money, and we're all getting stimulus. But let's put it really put it in perspective, you know, a $200 check, you know, here or there, I I do believe you're probably seeing some money. I mean, I bought some Bitcoin, and I bought some Ethereum. So that came money is investable money that would normally go into stocks, but it went into crypto. So that's got to impact at a certain point, if we keep piling money into alternative investments and it's not right. just crypto it's right. alternative investments is really what it is because the collectible market has been very hot i mean at a certain point in time that money's got to come from somewhere yep i agree with you uh and to your point here's microsoft and and microsoft is a touchstone for the market because it's what is it you help me out guys is 1.7 trillion market cap around there yeah yeah so if microsoft cannot get back above five. Uh, I think this all goes back to Archegos Capital. So we, we saw the damage in March. We said in April, is there going to be the same verve in terms of leverage, the willingness of big banks to commit capital to help people trade? And I don't think there was. And there's your top. That's the top for my, Microsoft. Since then, it cannot get back to, it will ahead again, but you'd look at this and say, if Microsoft cannot get back over five and it's spending more time now below five than above it, we have a market that could be in trouble. It's not Microsoft. Microsoft is essential to the market. There are five stocks that are 20% of market cap. And if those five stocks can't get over five, uh, you would, as my, as the uh, the the head of security at the little liberal <laughs> arts school that I that I went to in the piney woods of East Texas, would say, "Go grab little brother Willie off the porch." Yeah. And so I think you know that's uh, that's telling. And it is concerning. I mean, and we have seen, you know, all those stocks that you just talked about, those top five stocks, all report earnings, all get hit on good earnings reports. Really, you know, yeah, we bounced back in Google, you know, it's bounced back a little bit in Facebook, but but. But they came right in after the good earnings were in Microsoft, good earnings, and they hit it. And they've bounced the last couple of days. But, you know, if they decide to resume, you know, what they did two, three days after the earnings reports there, then it yep. starts to bring down the entire market. So yep. Yep. that they're holding the market up. It's these five stocks that really run, that they're driving the, the ship. And yeah, exactly. they've been driving the ship for mm-hmm. the better part of a decade. So, you know, you got you load up with spies and cues. You got a lot of these five stocks. Exactly. And, and you, you traders, you might say, well, why is this happening? Uh, well, if, if uh, 95% of market cap is in the thousand largest stocks and behind the scenes, the, the, the big investors who are advising people who have retirement accounts and those people in the retirement accounts say, well, we're, you know, we're concerned about how, how rich the market has become. <clears throat> what if people just simply change their allocations? I, Dennis, to your point, is it possible that we're seeing some democratization of investment in cryptocurrencies? And, and if some money comes out of equities or wherever it is, uh, <clears throat> what if money comes out of both equities and bonds and goes to cash? 
Well, we, we will only see the effect of that this way, where sentiment stops delivering the kind of surge that would tell us that the, the same amount of money is coming into the market. I think the beginnings of months and the ends of months are very important for those reasons. Ends of months, portfolios get trued up. Beginnings of months, that's when the inflows come into the market from 401k. I do it myself, right? 401ks and so on. And if that money doesn't get deployed to the same level, the, the, the stocks that are going to tell us that uh, are in tech because that's where the market cap is. It's the old adage, uh, you know, the old Sherlock Holmes adage that I've used before. And stipulating that is a fictional character. And should we take advice from a fictional character? Uh, the Holmes adage was... People invest in fictional currencies. Well, I mean, what's the difference between a dollar and a cryptocurrency? I mean, dollars, what is a dollar worth? It's a fiat currency. <clears throat> It's, it's such an interesting conversation because, yeah. you know, when you look out and you look under the, and, and, and look really what's in these indexes here, some yeah. of the performance isn't that great, despite the SPY making new all-time highs. Exactly. So it's such an interesting market that it should be like normally you're looking at SPY making new all-time highs and you're like everything is rocking and rolling. But you're looking, tech growth has been hammered. You know, and we didn't have a great response to the tech earnings. The thing that is holding us up is the rotation where the banks are making new highs. Some of the, obviously, the transports have done very, very well. And then you've got the commodities doing well. And that's an inflation trade. I mean, you can clearly see that, you know, people are, are driving into the transports and they're driving into commodities because they're worried about inflation. And I think they should be worried about inflation. We're seeing that. The question is, though, is yep. that sustainable to keep the indexes up or do we eventually succumb to tech, you know, not performing like it was? So it, it's 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 a scary market to just go all in and, and we're at all time highs. It doesn't look as healthy as, you know, the markets are indicating. Exactly. So that adage is once you eliminate the impossible, what remains, no matter how improbable is your answer. And if you eliminate the impossible, which is that the market can uh, sustainably rise without tech, then what remains is the answer that money is leaving the market. So how is it possible for SPY to rise? SPY is derivatives. It is not the underlying stocks. And we track that. I looked at the underlying stocks. Once again, there were huge diversions, divergences. The, a lot of the market is declining. If you say, if you sample communication services, has 140 companies in it. If you take 23 of them in an ETF, it can appear that communication services is up. It was down a half percent last week. It's just an illustration. You can take a tiny sampling of the market and it appears to be rising. Energy's doing great. Here's the big uh, financials you were talking about, Dennis. So you're absolutely right. This group has carried the market the, for a month, for a month. But look what's happening. It too is topping. Short volume is approaching 50%. Those conditions always precede rotation out by big institutional money. So yeah, I, I fully, I completely agree. I think, uh, and again, I'm not predicting that the market's about to fall apart, but uh, uh, to, you know, the, the, there's this great proverb, the prudent foresee evil and hide themselves. I would look at this and say, it's about time to hide. I think so too. I've yeah. been saying it and I've been mm -hmm. wrong here. I've been saying it for last week that I've raised as much cash as I've had in a long time because I'm concerned yep. about that underlying. And this is my long, my trading is, is different. I'm trading them in and out, yep. in and out, and out. But my yep. long-term retirement investment portfolio, I'm up to 40% cash, which is as much cash as I had before the COVID crisis, just for the simple reason that 
Um, I don't like some of the, the, the I, I don't know where to go. I don't see, like right. you, were, you were saying, I was saying last week, I don't see a lot of like, like the value names are kind of all overvalued now. The growth names are all out of favor and it just doesn't look as healthy to me. So that's yep. why I'm concerned. I want to do one. I wanted to see, and just to see, and I do own Nucor and okay. I want to see the market structure on Nucor because here's yep. a relentless stock that has just been running and running and running and running. And now it's over a hundred dollars here in the pre-market. I mean, yep. here's a stock that's went nowhere for a decade and just doubled in the last two months. Yep. I'm curious what your market structure shows if I should be ringing the register <laughs> on my NUE, although I probably will hold it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and so, hey, and if you're just tuning in, this is marketstructureedge.com. You could do the same thing. You know, I, materials, that trend line looked pretty good. Materials is one of the uh, two or three spots that still indicates some modest upside. But there you go, Dennis. If you just look at it, you know, look just at new the core. key metrics, new core. Uh, so, so 10 out of 10 overbought, topped 59% short, very liquid, passive money is the leading behavior. It was 98.76 on Friday. So yes, now stocks at 10 can, can continue to rise. And notice, look at new core has been above five at or above five for how long? Well, for all this, here's your entry point right back here in February, and there's been no reason to leave. I still wouldn't leave, but look at that. Well, look how high short volume is. Uh, so each time that short volume has popped this high, it has slowed the price down. Doesn't mean you have to leave. You know, this. if you were holding this stock, you've done exactly the right thing because the hold has never been below five, and it's still not. So if you wanted to stay someplace, it goes below five. Yeah, right. Your risk is your 60% short, but that's been okay. The history, the data historically tells us as long as it stays above five, you're okay. Drops below five, you're out. It was it was an average size position, my portfolio, and because of what it's done, it's starting to, you know, it's funny as you know, and this is what a portfolio manager's problems are when they're more passive, and I would take a passive approach to my long-term investment portfolio. Yep. As performance happens like this, and you have a stock double, it's like, oh, I'm I got a pretty good exposure to that stock all of a sudden. And you know, sometimes I back them yep. up like MasterCard I had bought back in the day, and I kept lightening it up because it just kept going up, and I was like, it's 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 it runs thing. up to like six seven eight percent of my portfolio. And I was like, okay, oh, it's too big. I'm gonna bring it back down. And then you know it keeps running, and then it gets back up. You took a chunk out, but it comes and comes up again. It's a good problem to have when you have performers like that. But at the same time, if you've got you know just one stock, I know Jason Raznick talks about all the time where Tesla has just taken over his portfolio. You know, probably an average size position to start, and the performance has been so strong. You know, at one point in time, I'm not sure if it's still there, but it's over thirty percent of his portfolio. So there's some exposure there all of a sudden. But I mean, it's been great exposure because the stock has continued to run. So, you know, it's difficult to argue with the performance there. But, you know, this is a portfolio manager's problem, a good problem to have when you have stocks that are really doing well, that they can actually take over. And sometimes there needs to be some adjustments made just to get your your exposure down from the one stock that's really run. You've just described exactly what institutional investors do. So that was a good education for traders to understand. That's exactly it. Tim Quast is founder and CEO of Market Structure Edge. Have a good week, guys. Monday for Market Structure Monday. Thanks a lot, Tim. Uh, I, don't always good. I don't know if you're still watching the trade desk. I know Joel. <laughs> but it got down to 572. And Dennis, to answer your question from like a half hour ago now, uh, there w- there is no guidance for the year from the trade desk. But if you go, about, go off of last year, yeah, their EPS last year was $6.40 for the year. 
You can easily say this is probably trading a hundred times earnings. A hundred times. Still. Stock. So, and this is what we were trying to teach people last week. Just because a stock has come down significantly from its highs, you look at the, the you know, people who are newer to the market look at, oh, trade desk was 900. It's 500. It's cheap. This is not a cheap stock, folks. This is not a cheap stock. And if the growth slows, you can see this is where you see tremendous falls. Is it a good company? I think it's a good company. You know, I don't know. I follow closely enough the digital advertising world. You know, it's not my, you know, fundamental expertise by any means. But, you know, it's a, it's a named, it's a, it's, it's been a, it's a solid company for a long time. But trend is breaking. You know, here you're clearly taking out the March lows, which is not good news. And you have a stock that's trading 100 times earnings that just potentially didn't report the best guidance and reported not a great earnings report. So is it going to take some time? Value investors like myself, like a Karen Feinerman, like a Warren Buffett would look at this and say, 100 times nope. earnings? No, thank you. The growth guy says, well, the growth just slowed. Yeah. So who is buying? You only have is a few people buy the dip that because stocks always come back. But, you know, really, it's institutional money that really drives price. And if the value investor says no and the growth investor says, I'm out right now because you just told me growth is not that great, at least in the immediate future, you have that gap in what I talk about where a growth stock can to become a value stock has to fall tremendously. You know, at 100 times earnings, I'm not interested. At 30 times earnings, I probably am. But at 30 times earnings, the price is 200 bucks. So it's it's a tough to just jump in here at 580 and say it's going to come right back because um, unless they say something tremendously different um, in the conference call, they just disappointed investors significantly. All right, I think there are people that are that are a few minutes behind that are catching up on the trade desk thing. So I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. No, they did it, Spencer. I take it back. They if they put it out ten minutes before. It was it, it was out before. They dropped the ten. It was kind of dirty the way they went. If if it actually yeah. went down that way, it looks like they dropped the ten for one stock split, and then they came out with the earnings miss. That's what so the stock popped. That's what happened on the initial ten for one because I'll, wow, ten I'll for show one. You. Split. We love splits. I'll show you the Benzinga Pro. This is a and then it was an earnings miss. Press newsfeed eight twenty nine. Press release, stock split. One minute later, press release, earnings report. I've, I've been hit on that before where a company has announced a buyback. And I was like, oh, it's a buyback. And it wasn't it wasn't a company of schedule. And then a minute later, they dropped the earnings bomb and they missed earnings. Yeah, And I'm like, they just totally right. screwed me on that. Here, buyback should be a good thing for a stock. It wasn't scheduled reporting. I can't remember. It was like a couple of years ago. And I got hammered on it. I mean, that algo that bought on that 10 for one split announcement just got hammered on this because they didn't drop they should drop the thing all at the same time and sometimes you know they don't they drop the good news i'll give you the good news my my wife at the bank used to call it the shit sandwich where you know when you had <laughs> bad news for somebody you always give them something good right off the hop you know like you give them you know okay yeah your account's not but you give them something good then you feed them the bad news and you try to finish with something okay you know, and then, you know, it usually makes the person feel a little bit better. Uh, so you always give them something good right off the hop. So they kind of just fed us that. But you know what the end result was, the TDD? And then the end result was the shit sandwich was just shit. We we didn't even talk about SNL or Elon or Doge or any. What's going on? What happened to us? I, 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 I don't know if you guys watched it, but uh, we, we we watched it. Oh, my goodness. What is going on here? What? And I, the and the dog is on top of Spencer. Yeah, yeah. Joel, you look concerned. <laughs> Joel's always concerned. My pictures from a decade ago. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I saw Joel in person for the first time in over a year yesterday. 
Joel, yep. and I were, Joel and I were physically in the same room. That's cool. It, the, yep. world, the world in the U.S. is going oh, back to Dennis, normal. Oh, Dennis, I, I should have showed you. I should have closed, but that's okay. Moose Mentum in the uh, in the pre-market chat uh, sent me a uh, a picture. I think it was a five by eight of uh, uh, autographed picture of Vladdy Konstantinov from the Red really? Wings. Yep, yep. I, I, again, I I wasn't a fan of Vlad because I wasn't a Red Wing fan. But I tell you, when you played Vladimir Konstantinov, nobody played tougher than he was. Yeah, he a, played yeah, a so tough, tough style. He beat on you know he defensive defenseman. Vladimir Konstantinov, one of the best, and he was tough to play against. Um, you know, obviously, uh, it's, it's if Konstantinov's still alive, though, is he not? Yeah, but it was. That, I know, hey, obviously, the accident. Have you seen the movie and, The Russian Five? No, I should watch. You that, should, though. man. I mean, yeah. I know you got nothing to do. At, we didn't know, give Connor around. McDavid the love either. Hundred points in fifty-three games, folks. Yeah, all right, that's unbelievable. Congratulations. All right, one hundred and fifty-five point pace in an era where the goal scoring is down, guys. Not, unbelievable. Nine oh five. Everyone, let's get the week started off right with a good old-fashioned parade of likes. Hit that like button. All right, please. Like you. Thank you. Very I, I'm much. liking the show for Tim Quas today. He was excellent. I'll, I'll like the show for uh, uh, stock. He doesn't know why I like the show. Splits. I'll like it for stock splits. <laughs> stock splits. I've got cameras yeah. on this. All righty. I hate the show for the TTD earnings report. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. All right. What's Workhorse doing? Everybody's uh, pop talking Workhorse. Was for... Oh, no, it came yeah. all the way back down. Yeah. It was popping. Well, Do we have a headline Workhorse? Yeah, we have numbers from Workhorse. Oh, it was earnings. Yeah. So... Didn't last, eh? <laughs> Nope. You know what? A massively oversold, but just can't hold. Can't in. catch a break. No, can't catch a break. It, yeah, reported earnings. Oh, so it went. It popped up to ten thirty, ten forty this morning. Now it's back down nine dollars seventy three cents. Man, it's massively oversold. And I'd say nine thirty four, nine forty four. If you are trying it here, if you're so inclined to have the guts to try the stock here. Gotta stop yourself out at those lows, nine thirty-three. Low the move on Friday. Yeah, maybe you give it to nine bucks. You say I don't risk ten percent. I don't like risking ten percent, so it's not for me. But you know, if you're a longer term trader and you think you can bounce, oh, I'd stop God. myself out at those lows. But you're holding so far. It's so so, early. so far so good, but it's stock like is companies like this are in so early days, man. You gotta be able to ride it out or get out of the way. I mean, that's the only thing. I it, yeah, well, that well, and sometimes you ride these things out, and they're not a fun ride. Well, yeah, that's exactly it. So. I mean, when they lost the USPS contract, it was they, we got hammered on that bar that day. Yeah. It tried to bounce back the next day. It was just a selling opportunity. There was so much money sitting in there, thinking they were going to get the big contract. When they did not get that, you had to sell. Even if you were selling in the hole, you kind of had to sell. In hindsight. Capitals 2020, but you know, we went from $28 to $12 that day. We bounced two days later up to $18, $19.70. It got up there a couple of times. That was a selling opportunity in hindsight. It, it's tough. I mean, I'm not going along it. I said you got a little double bottom at 934, but there's so many bag holders in this. Is this just bouncing back to 13, 14? Very, very difficult. Unless we go into this market that starts buying everything again, it's very difficult for these stocks to come back when they've been hit this hard and they have this many bag holders. All right, let's bring up. We're a few minutes late for our next guest, so I want to bring him on now. Matt Hammond. Okay, I got to go, though. IPO Warrior. All right, I'll cover uh, some more tickers right. in the chat here. I see Paps Blue Ribbon is popping up again. So there's, go ahead, Spencer, take it lot, away. A lot we didn't get to this morning. Matt Hammond from IPO Warriors. Matt, good morning. How how we good doing? Good morning, guys. How are you guys doing? 
Doing okay. Doing okay. Busy show. Busy morning. Lots to discuss. Let's talk IPOs. Uh, what went down? For- to, to bring on my uh, my little Doge here. This Holy is moly. Hold on a second. And, hold uh, on. Yeah. Keep it up. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> Let's go full screen on that baby. Right, I got another one here. Kimmy, come here. Kimmy, 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 Kimmy. Oh, and Doge's come in actually two colors. They didn't. A lot of people don't know this. Oh my God! Got, Smash got the one. Kimmy and Alki. Yeah. Hey, what's up, guys? You're live on uh, Benzinga Pro. We got real life Doge dogs. <laughs> All right, I'm real them down life there. Doge dogs. Up These on dogs the- shed right like now. crazy. If their fur was ever worth half a Doge coin, I would be a very, very <laughs> rich man. Oh, that's good. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, all right. Uh, how are we doing for on, on your radar on IPO land? How was how was the week for you? You know, things are pretty sunny in IPO land. The rest of my portfolio looks like a dumpster fire, but I'm uh, picking off some nice wins that keep me kind of out, out of a margins call um, with uh, some of these yeah, IPO plays. So okay. you got to be a little bit uh, sparing and we will go over, you know, what we, oh, my lights, I'm going to go a little bit darker here, guys, because my light's off, but I will be speaking and switching over to the slides anyway. Um, IPOs are still, you know, offering opportunities, maybe not as big a wins as we were seeing before, but still substantial wins on fairly easy plays. So we got a little bit of a late start here. So I'm just going to jump right in unless you have something else. Oh, to add no, here. Well, so someone just asked what breed that was. That's a Shiba Inu, right? That is correct. It's not a uh, young Husky and it's not a young Akita, okay. uh, which is the Hachiko. It's a Shiba Inu, which is okay. loosely translated or, or often referred to as the little samurai. There we go. And when you see my dogs play, it sometimes looks like they're in, engaged in battle. But uh, yeah, great dogs, a little bit wild, but one of six ancient Japanese breeds of dogs. Wow. All right, let's get into it. Cool. So let me jump up to the slideshow ticker here. All right. So we had some pretty big win opportunities last week, including Alfie, A-L-F, which we did showcase uh, last week. ALF got off to a little bit of a slow start. I think there was some confusion, especially within Weeble, over the ticker symbol. It kept switching from ALF to AFLIW. It was issued with warrants, and I bought the IPO was offered through Weeble. I picked up about 400 shares just in my Weeble account, and the ticker was all screwed up. It showed, uh, actually kind of like went dark here at 109. It stopped printing updates and then all of a sudden showed the price update at market closing. And I think that confusion along with the closed market caused an unexpected drop in the share price on day one. I kind of recognized that. So I held on to it. There was a lot of chatter on Twitter about this and in Reddit on day two, that started to kind of materialize. And I said, okay, well, as long as it keeps going up, I'm going to keep holding it. And then finally, on day three, we got the traction that we had expected off the debut, and it shot up to as high as $5.99. It's spiking again today. It's kind of caught that tailwind with RHE, um, LEDs. It's kind of in that vein right now. So day traders, keep an eye on this one. I've taken my profits on the shares, and I'm still holding about 400 warrants. Uh, So... Uh, this one gave a nice win if you're willing to take the patience, read the social, uh, the social buzz, and hold through. You know the profit opportunity here. Again, low float is kind of the buzzword of the day these days. And while the rest of the stock markets, especially tech, 
and some of the other momentum plays over the last year have cooled off a bit. It seems like uh, maybe and a lot of money moved into Dogecoin over the weekend. I think that money will move back into swing trades and swing plays and we'll be uh, keeping an eye on these low, you know, low float IPOs for the week ahead. Um, the Honest Company, this is Jennifer Alba's stock. This one gave a very easy win opportunity. You took your entry on the debut at 21.22. You rode this initial spike. If you took 50% out here, you did a great move, held the rest. Maybe this goes for a day two run. I think in normal market conditions, this might have taken that day two run. It looked like that off the open, but along with the rest of the market, it just kind of faded throughout the day two. And, you know, I always keep an eye on VWAP. Uh, if VWAP on these uh, can't support that initial shelf, I've got my stop loss. You know, I don't want to, especially if I'm in a position to take a win, even if it goes back up from here. You just want to take your win. You don't want to be take, turning a win into a loss. You take your win. You look to the next trade. You say, "Okay, thank you for the you know for the money," and um, you know you'd be happy with that. So we saw the same thing with Water Drop, which was a Chinese IPO uh, that was worth playing simply because it had Goldman Sachs backing. It's a legitimately a robust company. You got a debut at ten twenty five you know, did this steady rise that we see uh, on, on strong IPO plays, gave you every opportunity in the world to set a stop loss, a trailing stop loss to take out half your position. You might let the rest ride depending on your confidence level. Once it kind of breaks this shelf under VWAP here, you don't want to be turning a win into a loss. So you could get out partly say at 11, 1150 up here take the rest out for a you know less substantial but still a non-loss win here and then you're avoiding any downside which you'd be sitting on kind of an uncomfortable position here because you don't see a lot of catalysts for these after they give up their initial pop uh, one that we did look at last week that was in that vein of uh, chinese ipos that just didn't get any traction on social media so i stayed out of it was og this was the multi-level marketing e-commerce play and it just bombed two halts downward, no, you know, no daylight in sight. And this is where you, you know, you want to be checking out Reddit. You want to be checking out Twitter. You want to see what other retail investors are looking at. And if nobody's talking about it, you know, you know, it's a pretty good in indication that you want to stay out. It was also a Friday. It was a really crowded IPO lineup that day. The ticker was getting confused with a cryptocurrency OG fan token. So there just wasn't any talk about this. And I decided, hey, you know, I've had some wins this week. I don't want to get stuck in something that could be dangerous. And um, I, I just stayed out of this one. Okay. Okay, so this week we've got some interesting ones coming up. Nothing particularly, you know, headlining, but some that have been rescheduled, which sometimes works in these low float stocks favor because that rescheduling means they've had a week or two to get sort of marinated by the social media world and people are talking about it people are kind of aware of it uh, it doesn't take a lot to send these things through the roof so one that we've talked about a about a month ago was flora growth corporation flgc this one was offered on webull it looks like it's sold out it's only 3.3 million shares and it's a marijuana growing uh, company with no real revenue it's unproven and other than being a marijuana grower with low float there's not a lot going for this one, except that when something sells out on Webull, and if I don't get a full allocation, that's a good sign that, hey, jump into this, 
take it out, take your position out, you know, on the first halt, uh, or at least a significant portion of it, and see if this thing doesn't just catch uh, catch some headwinds. If it doesn't, you want to keep your stop losses tight. You don't want to be stuck in an under you know underwater position here, uh, but it's worth playing. Another one that we see is Transcode Therapeutics. I don't like to play biotech too often, but some of these low float biotechs, especially the ones that get a bit of traction on Twitter, traction in Reddit, they can fly. Uh, one halt has gotten kind of become common. Uh, one halt up. Uh, after that, you don't want to be you don't want to have your whole position still in that trade after the first halt. Um, but this has been rescheduled for two weeks in a row now. And I've noticed that with each passing week, the number of people like asking me about this or posting about it and saying, Hey, low float, you know, Arnaz, I don't think they even know what it does. They just know it's low float and it's an IPO. Okay. Why not? Um, you know, put some, maybe not a huge position, but take a shot at it. Some of these have gone ballistic and it's really nice to be in those trades when they do go crazy. One that I do like, and I think is uh, probably my lock of the week, is iPower. This is a hydroponic. We covered this last week, and it got rescheduled due to market conditions. Uh, basically, they said the market's closed. We want to come live when it's a stronger market. They sell hydroponic equipment. So that's kind of the thing behind the thing, as you guys talk about, in terms of weed growing. It's got the at-home catalyst, catalyst. It's got the DIY or you know DIY, do-it-yourself. Um, and people are buying, you know, buying hydro equipment to grow weed at home. And whether it's legal or not in a state, people can kind of get away with growing it in their home, especially now electric companies can't just say, oh, well, you have high power usage. That means it's weed. You know, you're growing weed. You could be mining crypto. Uh, you could just be staying at home. And uh, there's a lot of reasons why the, you know, wh why the hydro equipment has been, a very profitable business over the last year. So this company is profitable and their revenue, gross profits and gross margins are all growing at a healthy pace. So you're going to have, you know, it's not just a growth company. It's not just a, oh, in the future, this will be something. This is something that looks pretty solid. And the only kind of red flag is Roth Capital. IPOs have gotten kind of a bad name in the past. Why but some of them have I've, I've done some research and it looks like they were involved with a bit of just dump, you know, pumping and dumping their own IPOs uh, in the past, but that seems to, they, they've had some others that have done well since then. So uh, it's something that I'm just sort of aware of when I check the, check the temperature on social media, but I'm seeing less and less negative. Uh, it used to be people saying, I'll never touch Roth capital. And now people are kind of like, okay, low float weed stock, Oh yeah, Roth Capital. Well, I'm in. And I think this one has gotten a lot of interest. A lot of uh, the kind of IPO traders are playing this one. And that should, uh, for me, this is one that I, I definitely want to be uh, playing. Again, protect your downside. Low float can go, <clears throat> can shoot this thing up if the traffic and demand shows up. If it doesn't show up, uh, you know, things can get kind of, uh you know, you don't want to see barcoding. You don't want to see very spotty charts. So if volume starts to fade, then, you know, it's not, it's not a great position to be stuck in, but I like this one. I'll be playing it. And, uh, you know, just if you get halts, start shedding your position. Don't be a hero. Don't say, you know, don't expect every low float, uh, 
hype stock to do what UTME did or what uh, eBet did. Um, you know, don't be greedy. Take your money. Be happy with your profits. Stay away from the, oh, I wish I had. It's better to say, oh, I wish I'd held for more profit than to say, I wish I'd sold for a profit when you're sitting in a losing position. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to get to some that are less low floaty and more, uh, I'd say, traditional companies. Not traditional. Yeah, finally, so much real businesses. Thank you. Yeah, finally, real businesses. Jeez. Okay, similar web. If you guys have been watching YouTube videos and you do anything on the internet, you've probably gotten some similar web uh, YouTube ads served to you. Yep. Uh, this company does uh, software as a service, website analytics, and comparison tools. It's got steady growth, but it's unprofitable, which you see a lot in growth companies, which are currently a bit out of favor compared to the way the way they were a year ago. You are getting some comparisons to SEMrush, SEMR, which debuted in March 25th. Didn't do great on its IPO, but it's up 100% since then. So you might have people saying, "Oh, well, this is a better, you know, this uh, we or uh, website analytics and you know SEO comparative tools. These are actually pretty good business models." And it doesn't have a huge flow. Eight million shares is, you know, considerably smaller than you know big company IPOs. So this one's interesting because it it is something that people have become more familiar with over the last few months as their advertising has uh, kind of targeted people. I, I get these served to me all the time, and so I'm interested in playing this one. Maybe not with a huge position, but. It seems like one that if you even get stuck holding a little bit of a bag like SEMrush, uh, you could get out of this one fairly easily, especially if the debut price isn't uh, priced at a premium above the IPO price. So I'll be paying attention to this one. Global E, this was kind of put on my radar by E-Trade. They've got this uh, offered to the public, which often means that if I don't get any allocation, it's probably going to be a pretty, there's substantial demand for this. If I do get allocation or a full allocation, that might be a red flag in time, not, you know, don't buy extra. Um, it's an international cross-border e-commerce payment platform. So they kind of do e-commerce websites that allow vendors to sell, you know, across borders globally. They support like 120 countries or something crazy. They've got rapid growth and are profitable. That being said, I built a lot of Shopify and big commerce platforms for my clients. I'm a web developer by, uh, you know, my day job. And I've never heard of this one, which sort of puts it, you know, makes me scratch my head a little bit. I made a lot of money on the big commerce IPO because I knew that big commerce was going to get Shopify comparisons and it did really well. Uh, I'm not sure you're going to get that same level of brand name recognition with this one. The float isn't huge. We're not talking 30, 40 million shares. And, you know, for a profitable growth e-commerce company, you know, maybe this does well. Um, but e-commerce platform, you know, IPOs on their own haven't been, I mean, Honest Company was sort of underwhelming. It did offer a win opportunity, but it didn't just skyrocket. Uh, Copang was a complete dumpster fire. And that was because of the lockup, but it still hasn't recovered. So tread, you know, tread carefully on this one, but maybe keep your hand in the game and just, you know, take a half position or a smaller position. If you want to take a small win, that's great. I don't see a huge downside unless this debuts at a huge premium. Again, this one is maybe a little bit subject to what the market conditions are this week. I don't see it as a, see it as an obvious day trade magnet for the, you know, the low IPO float people, but um, an interesting company and one to keep an eye on.
Okay, Enact Holdings. This is Genworth Financial's uh, mortgage insurance spinoff. Genworth Financial is a huge financial company. Uh, they were trying to sell this division of their company off to a Chinese financial company, China Oceanside. And after sort of a messy four-year acquisition deal that fell apart, they've kind of turned to the IPO as the backup plan. So it's sort of a plan B IPO. It's also the mortgage industry was, I guess, a lot had a lot more interest and hype earlier in the in the year or last year and now is sort of cooling off you see rocket mortgage is at its all-time low right now and this has blackstone backing they're pretty good with money um, but otherwise this is sort of just not particularly sexy not particularly interesting and uh, I, I i don't see myself um, taking a big position on this one Maybe play it because the downside is, doesn't seem like it'll be uh, debuting at a premium. Maybe you pick off a point or two, but I'm not particularly excited about this one. And the last two, Zenvia. This is a Brazilian customer engagement platform. They allow companies to automate you know, correspondence and create user engagement experiences with SMS, social media, tweets, Facebook messages, that kind of thing. Sort of like a hub spot for the Brazilian market. Uh, we've seen a a bunch of IPOs for Brazilian um, or Asian companies that I don't see, I don't think retail demand in America understands these companies well enough. Uh, we don't understand whether this is a well-recognized brand or not in Brazil and like Copang, like, I mean, even some of the, you know, the other big names from, from years ago took a little while to get some steam. They have to prove themselves first. So I think, these are sort of a wait and see. I'm not really too interested in them. And it's a Friday. Friday IPOs are always a little bit tricky. And depending on the market conditions, this just might be completely ignored. I'll watch it to see what it does, but I don't see myself taking a play on this one. Um, there is one on Friday, here.com. This one looks interesting enough to me. I think it's a little bit more, a little bit less disruptive than something like Smile Direct. Uh, they basically are an e-commerce platform for selling, you know, hearing, hearing care products. They did well during uh, lockdown. They have strong, mar you know, social marketing presence. They're really like a marketing company. Uh, they're not profitable, but they have shown impressive growth. It floats about 16.2 million shares. I think it could be an interesting IPO. Um, but again, if the market's just terrible this week, I might just pass on it if I've already taken some wins on Flora Growth or iPower. Uh, we'll see. I'm not, I, I don't see, it has a great domain name here.com, but it's not, um, I don't want to get stuck in this position with some of the, you know, we've got Foursquare and we've got um, Vimeo is, you know, being spun off from IGC next week or on the 25th. So, I don't want to be stuck in positions that I'm like hoping come back up into in a profitable one I have on the, you know, I think Vimeo will be a very strong one and I want to have my cash free for those. Um, so I, I'm always aware of what's not just on the table right away, but what's coming up because it really sucks when you have something hot coming up and you're like, Oh man, should I sell this one that I'm, you know, underwater with or taking heat on to get into something that, you know, I don't want to miss that one but I also like don't want to sell this one while it's down. Sometimes it's better to say, look, you're not going to nail them all. Sometimes you take a pitch just to see, you know, what the pitcher's throwing. 
and um, you know that 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 that's how I'll be you know assessing this one. If the social media is talking about, it, if people are hyped about it, if I see something, you know, a lot can happen between now and Friday. Um, but this is kind of like okay, it's a definite maybe. So uh, all right, is, was that it for the week? I mean, how many more could uh, IPOs could there? Yeah, I figured that. Okay, that's what we got. I was like, how many more could there be for the week? All right, Matt Hammond, guys, if you want to know more. Uh, he runs ipowarriors.com. I'll put the link. Yeah, up the s- sign up for the newsletter, guys. I send out the newsletter every Sunday night. It uh, gives a little bit of strategy on you know how I played the week before. It gives me gives you guys some ideas about how to play each one of these, whether I'm playing them. It gives you a little bit of a preview. You read that newsletter. You're kind of you know you got your background information. And then watch the show. You guys can ask questions. We can ask uh, you know answer some of those. And uh, expect a pretty heavy IPO lineup coming down the, you know, coming down the alleyway because the SEC has got a lot of companies, you know, come, you know, this is a great way to make money when the market's down, when all your other trades are falling through and there's no, you know, swing trading, buying the dips has become a little bit of a burnout. These opportunities are, you know, maybe not huge wins, but they're pretty safe. I showed you the plays I made last week. They were pretty safe. You get in, uh, set your stop loss as the stock goes up a little bit, you raise your stop loss, you know, maybe you're not going to turn everything into a 20 or 50% win, but you stack up those 10% wins, seven, 10% wins in a row. That's doubling your money. All right, Matt. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week. All right. New plan. Not enough time to end the commercial where later in the day, everyone have a good rest of your day. See you on the stream for SPACs attack. Mitch, good luck in your short. And we'll- Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.